Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zanashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters! Greetings, greetings! Woohoo! We're here at the conference. Hey, folks, you doing good? Oh, Great yeah. to see y'all. How's all my Bruin brothers and sisters doing? Yeah, nice crowd out here. Good looking bunch of people. Look at this. Really? Huh? Yeah, I've never seen Where? better looking people. Better looking home brewers. I mean, you know, guy in a wheelchair. Yeah, you know. It's good-looking people. <laughs> a lot of bald people, a lot of, a lot of people with big-ass beer guts. <laughs> Weird. Y'all look like homebrewers, you know? I mean, you know <laughs> there's nothing sweeter than that. <laughs> that's that's my kind of crowd right there, you know? Yep. Smell like hops. I'm, yep. I'm all, all about you guys. This, this is me in the mirror right here. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Mm, in about... Two years the guy in the wheelchair. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> you know, there's only so much liver can handle. Oh, speaking of which, I'm having some delicious uh, hop stupid from Lagunitas. Our yeah. last show, I'm going to top my glass up here. I'm going to take care of my friend John Palmer. Of course, we're, we're limiting ourselves to four ounces because of the uh, legal requirements here right, in the state of right. Washington. Good man. We wouldn't want to do more than that. Yeah. But there's a little bit left over here, and our good friend Brew Tattoo. And uh, top of his glass and uh, share it with uh, anybody else that's interested. Uh, Lagunitas Hop Stupid. Nice and fresh from the brewery. It's an excellent beer. You know, also, the whole time we've been doing shows here today, it's the Brewing Network's uh, turn in the other half of the hospitality suite. It's been all Brewing Network club beers oh, for the last uh, hour and a half. Uh, and there's another club over here. I probably should know the name, but I can't see that far. But there's two clubs pouring. But the Brewing Network Club is, is also doing hospitality sweet beers right now. Well, well good don't beers. send people off to the, the hospitality well, Make yeah. them stand around here and, and look at us be <laughs> stupid on the radio. You're right. You're right. It's right. uh, a good point. Enjoy the beer right here. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. John Palmer's back Fantastic. from uh, a lot of traveling, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, uh, you, you, uh, you went out to uh, uh, Brazil. Brazil, yeah. Down to Sao Paulo. And um, Sao Paulo. it was a wonderful time. No giant insects. Um, <laughs> no, no, you know, torrential. Well, we did have four days of rain, but well, the um, question was sexually transmitted diseases. How many of those did you bring back? <laughs> didn't bring back a one. Ah, I'll have to try harder next time. All right. <laughs> yeah, you didn't try hard enough. <laughs> yeah, but uh, working a little too clean there, I think. Yeah, it was a wonderful time. Absolutely wonderful. They're they're good brewers down there in Brazil, and uh, they've. Um, they they like their pilsner styles because they've got uh, pretty pretty big you know European uh, immigration to Brazil and a lot of European uh, yeah roots Nazis hiding out. <laughs> Sorry, you mean by European? I didn't meet <laughs> any of those. Need? No, 
<laughs> they enjoy the German Pilsner. Yeah. There's this one guy named Adolf who yeah. really. Uh, no, no. All they, those they, are blue-eyed children. Their, their favorite styles You've are seen American. The movie, right? Oh yeah, but okay. yeah. their favorite styles are like American IPA, uh-huh. American Pale Ale, um, yeah, yeah. and uh, they're good brewers. Uh, unfortunately, they don't get the they don't get the freshest hops that we were able to get here, and uh, some of the yeast strains we get, which you know, really it doesn't it doesn't uh, make their beer bad. It just makes it different. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, I, I was telling them that uh, you know they really. They need to kind of embrace that, you know, and you know, just declare their own style. This is this is our IPA. This is Brazilian IPA because it's you know it's what they're able to boot to brew, and it's what their um, their craft breweries are able to produce, and what they can buy in the stores. So now, what was? Uh, I think this is always a great question. What was the best beer you had on your trip? Wow, um, it would have to be. Um, let's see. Call somebody was, out here. It was from Seasons Brewery, I believe. It's uh, wasn't a homebrew. Well, the, the, there's a, there's a very fine line between homebrewers and craft brewers in Brazil. I mean, they're all they all kind of uh, work both sides of the street. So <laughs> it's like here where we go both ways, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Except in Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The, um, I, well, the best to show for the uh, the brew the brewing competition there was the double bar. Oh, uh-huh. And uh, I judged specialty category where we had um, the the requirement was that each of the beers in the specialty category had to have a Brazilian ingredient in it, whether a seed or a fruit or you know something indigenous to Brazil. So I had all kinds of fruit beers that I you know these fruits I'd never heard of, never seen before. Yeah, anything like boa constrictor or anything like that? In it? No, no, nothing, no animals. All right, well, um, it's too bad. but uh, yeah, yeah, lots of fruit. On. That's if it. they had been listening to this show more, they'd have known. I think they would have. They would have stepped up. Yeah, I suppose Reached that's strong. true. Did you get a Brazilian wax to go down there? Is that is that part of you have to do? No, that? no, I didn't think of that. It's too uh, bad, Palmer. Yeah, you, you, I should have. I should have talked to you before I left. You, you yeah. could use one. You're a little hairy. You could have shown Especially it off to there. the audience if you had done that. But now we missed that opportunity. Yeah, it could have been like you know, idiot abroad. I could have gotten it down there. You know? Right. <laughs> I did see that they made a T-shirt just for you. The Brazilians love you. Yeah, yeah, that was that was awesome. Um, oh, who doesn't love him? Come that's on. true. Well, you know, my family. You know. But anyway, um, <laughs> the, his wife, <laughs> right? Yeah, the, this 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 whole club from uh, Porto do Sol down in Brazil. They had these uh, T-shirts. This is, you know, as, as opposed to why you don't read the the fucking manual. It says why you no read the fucking Palmer. There you so go. It, nice. was, it was it was awesome. I Pretty much it. my sentiments too. I you know I get a lot of email people asking, and you, you know if you email me a question, I respond. I'll answer the question every time. Every email that I get, I answer it. So feel free to email me. But if you answer me or ask me some question that's covered in how to brew. You're pretty much going to, the first sentence is going to be, why don't you read the fucking Palmer book? <laughs> why do you not read fucking Palmer? Why, why, why do you not read fucking Palmer? <laughs> and then it's like, okay, here's your answer. But get it out of that book. And once you've gone through that book and the question you have isn't answered in there, then go ahead and email me. Glad to help you out. Palmer as well. Yep, um, yeah. But, uh, you know, the, you know that, that should be de rigueur for, for anybody. You should be reading that book. That's the, the basics of starting out. Read how to brew. Get yourself a copy from the Brewing Network. It's 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 cheap. You can get it signed. It's uh, you know, and and the the profits from that go directly to supporting the Brewing Network and making yeah, this show go. happen. So, yeah. 
really, really worth doing. And, and another thing really worth doing, checking out our sponsor, uh, uh, Blickman Engineering. That's right. Blickman with two N's. Yeah, they've got their, they got their fully production-ready Tower of Power now. The Tower, Tower of Power. Tower that's right. Power. He yeah. has great names, too. But yeah. the Tower of Power. And, you know, he uh, sponsored for a long time. He gave a bunch of equipment to give away at the BN anniversary party last night. Yes. Oh, nice. He gave, like, six beer guns we gave out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. uh, one of the... Um, What's his hop uh, blocking? Hop, hop, hop rocket. He gave a hop rocket. Uh, just well, a bunch. There were some stoked people walking out of there with Blickman oh, beer guns. Right. No doubt. I wanted well, one myself. But and I, if you guys you know. enjoy that and you like Blickman, uh, what I'd suggest is after we're done here, stay here till the end of the show. But after we're <laughs> done here, you can walk over the, the opposite corner there, the kitty corner, and there's Blickman Engineering. Go check them out. Yep. Uh, say hi. All the guys are there. They love talking to you guys. They love hearing your experiences about brewing. Uh, they, they love hearing what's good with their equipment, but they love hearing what's bad with their equipment, too. They want to know, uh, not that there's anything bad with it, but they like to know what, how like you feedback, use it. Yeah. What, you know, they want that feedback. They're engineering group. They're, they're a solutions-minded people where they're going to figure out you know what the problem is and resolve it. You know, however you use the gear, uh, you know they're 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 trying to make it the best possible product you can you can work with. So does he uh, have his cool. uh, does he have his giant over engineered revolving Blickman sign at he his does, booth this yes. year? He does. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And there's guy. there's a little piece of the uh, the top tier mast kind of been you know cut off and laying there. I think I think he had to make an adjustment for height again. <laughs> I'm sure. Of course he did. <laughs> the thing's enormous. <laughs> Probably whipped out some the high tech laser that he made <laughs> yeah. uh, to cut it. To cut it, you know, his self made laser and yeah. Took oh, it this old thing, I just threw it together. Yeah. yeah. Five yeah. minutes. I was sitting on the toilet, had some time. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Uh, great sponsor. I'm, I'm really uh, pleased. Uh, and I tell you, he's just just a crazy guy. If you get a chance, you you got to go up and say hi to him. If you have a great rude joke. Go tell that yep. to Mr. John uh, Blickman. Go, go tell him the rudest, foulest joke you know. <laughs> tell him Jamil sent you. <laughs> tell him I sent you. <laughs> That's the only way I could ever catch up to all the stuff he's told me. Uh, right. You know, he's got some great stuff. Great guy, great sponsor, and and really, uh, we're blessed to have him. All right, so uh, today we're going to talk about. Uh, I've got uh, a friend of mine emailed me, and he was like, uh, you know, I've never wet hopped a beer, oh. and I get a lot of questions. And, uh, you know, it's for a commercial batch, so we're not talking some small potatoes here. We're talking a lot of, a lot of investment in this thing. Mm-hmm. And we also just uh, spoke with uh, Jeremy from Lagunitas about wet hopping, and, and right. he's one of the experts on wet hopping. So got some good feedback from him for the show. He wished he could have been here, but he'd love to do it. He had to go off to the Hop Stupid Challenge. Ah, uh, yes. So uh, let's do this. We'll take a short break. When we come back, uh, we'll... Uh, Maybe hear from a guest uh, briefly, yep. and then we'll get into wet hopping. So, back right after this. Stay tuned. From the stovetop to a camp burner to some kind of brew stand. Most homebrewers follow some version of this progression. With each move, a homebrewer will often have to change a lot, if not all, of their equipment. Until now, Blickman Engineering brings you the top-tier brewing stand. The only brewing stand that grows with you. For example, buy a top-tier floor-standing burner now, and it'll bolt right to your top-tier brewing stand when you're ready for all-grain brewing. The top-tier brewing stand is perfect for 5-gallon to 20-gallon batch sizes. Its modular design is adjustable and accommodates everything from small footprint coolers up to 30-gallon pots. 
How does the top-tier brewing stand do it? At its core is a strong, heat-treated, and anodized aluminum main post. On all four sides are built-in T-slots for the adjustable heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves and beefy burner tiers. The tiers accommodate any manufacturer's pots or coolers up to 21 inches in diameter. Best of all, not only does the top-tier brewing stand grow with your skills and equipment, but it easily knocks down for long-term storage or transport, too. The top-tier brewing stand from Blickman Engineering. Learn more at BlickmanEngineering.com and to find a local Blickman retailer. And start brewing from the top tier. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home-brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read your way to better homebrew. Hey guys and girls, it's Justin here reminding you that for a limited time only, you can get all your adult needs satisfied and help out the BN by going to adamandeve.com. When you do it and you use coupon code JAMIL, J-A-M-I-L, you'll get to pick three free DVDs from genres such as amateur, Asian, big breast, big butts, chunky, co-eds, fetish, you know, all the stuff that you're into that I don't even want to know about. But you can get it all there, plus toys and everything else at Adam. Eve.com by using coupon code Jamil. You'll get to pick three free DVDs plus 50% off just about any item in the store and free shipping and an extra gift. So cool, we can't even talk about it. They won't let us tell you. You just got to order. You got to find out what the extra gift is. So go over to AdamandEve.com right now. Use coupon code Jamil, J-A-M-I-L and help out the BN while helping yourself. Also, if you just can't wait till you get home, you can shop on their mobile site. Just go to Adam Adamandeve.com, and you'll find it on your mobile phone or mobile device. Do it now! Seven short minutes off California State Route 101, there lies a secret oasis for all craft beer lovers. It's relax, grilling, and chilling, bro! Relax, grilling, and chilling in Hollister, California is a craft beer lover's dream come true. Not like a creepy JP dream? Like a normal craft beer lover's dream. 30 taps pouring your favorite craft beer. Visit Relax Grilling and Chilling on Facebook to see the most up-to-date beers and what's on the grill. Let us grill so you can chill. Angus burgers, filet mignon, and ribeye steaks, dogs and sandwiches, and more. Great food, great beer in a place where you can kick back and relax. Tuesdays are brewery nights. Come in to celebrate, and you're not limited to enjoying your favorite brew at the restaurant. Relax, grilling, and chilling has beer to go. Relax, grilling, and chilling. Let them grill so you can chill. Learning to brew has never been so disgusting. This is Brew Strong. 
All right. Here we are at the uh, National Humberers Conference, having a good old time, and uh, I just I, yeah, I, I have to self promote here. Got the uh, best <laughs> you of know. Brew Your Own, 30 great beer styles, uh, tips, techniques, and recipes to brew 30 of the world's best beer styles at home. It's essentially my uh, style profile column from Brew Your Own magazine, which you can get. You go to thebrewingnetwork.com, you can sign up for Brew Your Own there, and half of that subscription goes to the Brewing Network. So, uh, you know, support it that way. And this is uh, a cool way to get a bunch of back issue style profile columns if you want them. Uh, that's a, that's just, a sweet compilation there. Yeah, they just slipped me a uh, I didn't reala- I introductory knew, copy. I there. didn't realize why you wanted to talk about this until I just see that it says by Jamil Zanishev. So this is yes. a bunch. This is the best of your style column. My name is on it. So like, I oh, want to should, talk about it. Yeah. So about is that. this a new and improved Brewing Classic Styles? No, no. Uh, <laughs> I would not ever do that. Um, it's totally different. <laughs> are they it different is. recipes? Uh, some of them are, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, the thing about doing uh, the uh, Brew Your Own style profile column is I have 3,000 words there to talk about the recipe, talk about the styles, talk about the recipes, what you do, what you don't, and, uh, yeah. and, get, and they allow me to do more recipes, whereas Brewing Classic Styles, it was very, you know, I had 100 words, 150 words, and one recipe mm-hmm. generally, so... Can I read a quote from it? Sure. <laughs> this is under the Belgian pale ale. This is the stuff you'll find from Jamil. There's no, no sexual references in there. Well, it starts with, while the fruitiness can be readily apparent, it shouldn't be as bold as some other Belgian beer styles, and it should not be so prominent that it overshadows the malt character. Any spicy phenolic notes, when present, should not be more than a low background note. A tiny touch of clove-like spiciness is all it takes. And again, that's for the Belgian pale ale. So okay. good tasting notes. Right, right, right. Yeah. Again, when you have 3,000 words, you can go into detail and you can, uh, you know, and, and, and the show is different. You know, if you listen to the Jamel show back in the day, it's, um, you know, it's hard to come up with 3,000 words in that amount of time and yeah. to go into, you know, it's a whole different take and, and working with Plissé really drove throughout different aspects of my knowledge sure. on styles. So you really should do all three. You should buy this. You should subscribe to Brew Your Own Magazine. You should uh, listen to the shows, and you should buy Brewing Classic Styles. And then... 30 great beer styles. You're pretty close to knowing what I know Jimmy about honest. the yeah. beer styles. So, well, and, and, and what we're, we're talking about today is um, uh, wet hopping. And one of the questions, I, a good friend of mine... He is um, preparing to do a, a first wet hop commercial batch. He's never mm-hmm. done a, a wet hop beer in his, his commercial brewing. And uh, so he had this uh, a number of questions. And one of the questions was um, he was not sure if dry hopping is a good idea with wet hops. And, you know, a lot of people have this sort of uh, concern. Uh, we have John Herskovitz from uh, Five Star Chemicals with us. A lot of people have this concern about using uh, wet hops for dry hopping because they haven't gone through the kilning process. They haven't gone uh, through pelletizing or, or, or whatever. Uh-huh. And they're worried about maybe there's more bugs you know, there. Still and, some caterpillars or something. <laughs> who knows? And one of the things that we do know is that star sand is safe. Uh, you know, if you get a little bit of star sand in your beer, it's okay. You know, it's, it's, it's you know... Fully flavor neutral, you know, and consumable, and it, you know it's so. You know, I've heard multiple people ask, you know, can I soak my wet hops in star sand and then, you know, 
put them into the dry hop. I mean, would that be a good idea, a bad idea? Uh, you know, is it possible? Uh, don't quote me on that one, but right. is it possible? Sure. I don't really care. Right. Um, <laughs> he didn't give a damn. I don't care. <laughs> it's your I got beer. A, I got a beer, whatever. Uh, I have to be careful when I when I talk about that because that's a EPA-registered product, and right, the government right. won't let me uh, say stuff like that. No matter how food safe it is, they, uh, um, you know, so they're I'm, looking at it as a killer. Yeah, yeah. It, it says follow the instructions. So um, uh-huh. the instructions on the label say um, follow the instructions on the label. However, right. if I wasn't talking about Starsan specifically and I was talking about an acid anionic product uh-huh. per se that had ingredients similar to say Starsan, mm-hmm. um, right. I think that that may be a good choice. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Well, and... You know, one of the most popular shows we've ever done, and, and we went into depth on some of this stuff, was way back in the beginning of the Brewing Network with Charlie, one of the uh, creators of, of some of the, the five-star products, and I think Star Sand was one of them. And so I guess since he's not working for the company now, I can quote him as saying, uh, yeah, go ahead and use it on that stuff, and it's real safe. <laughs> it was, and it was good. But but really, John, uh, Charlie was a huge hit, still is with the BN, people going back to the archives, um, talking about your products and how versatile they are. And one question that he really answered was the one, you know, Jamil just mentioned, that it's safe in your beer. We always used to worry about, like, the foam, uh, yep. you know, in our carboy. Oh, we better wait for all that foam to go away before we fill, the, fill it with beer. And Charlie was the guy who came on and said, don't do that. Don't you want things clean and sanitary? Go ahead and put your beer in there. I, I believe Charlie's the one that coined the phrase, don't fear the foam. Don't fear the foam. <laughs> we, yeah. uh, if any of you guys are out there, I think we still have maybe five shirts left. Nice. That say, don't fear yeah. the foam on them. Right. But, you know, we're, we're big proponents of um, cleaning and doing proper stuff. So we, we mm-hmm. make sure that you clean with PBW first, followed by Star Sand. Um, but everyone, I still get the question. As much as you guys yeah, tell totally. it on the radio, it's on the internet that you don't, sh- you shouldn't fear the foam. People always come up to me and say, "Well, I still rinse." Uh, <laughs> there's there's a shirt. The shirt. Yeah, there's yeah, right. a shirt. Here we go. Yeah, I constantly get people that say, um, "But I still rinse because it scares me," and I, I tell them, "Don't." Fear the foam. Yeah. And uh, one of the questions I actually just got about uh, 20 minutes ago was why? Well, think about it. Phosphoric acid breaks is phosphate, mm-hmm. right? That's a yeast nutrient. And uh, the DDBSA breaks down into um, other nutrients. And so once the pH goes above 3.5, it's inactive and it breaks down into the beer. And so that's why there is no, um, no flavor effects. Mm-hmm. And it, it goes right on into the beer, and it, it gets broken down, and it's a wonderful product. You really can't misuse it unless, say, you rinse. Right. Um, so it's broken down by the yeast during fermentation? When the um, the yeast will break it down during fermentation, yes. Okay. Well, and, you know, now that I'm running a commercial brewery, uh, yeah, we have access to every product that we can possibly want, you know, the stuff that, you know, homebrewers can't get access to because of, you know, various laws. And um, uh, we have a number of, you know, cleaners and sanitizers. And I tell you, one of the, the handiest things we have is a nice squeeze bottle of Star Sand. And we use it all the time. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're sanitizing our, uh, you know, uh, triclover clams. We're, you know, we always have Star Sand on hand. And, uh, you know, we check for, you know, pH just, in, you know, whether it's still good or not. And we, you know, keep using that. It's uh, you know cost effective, very easy to use. Is one yeah. of the reasons that we we use Star Sand. I mean, we could we could use any number of products, but 
you know, it's it's just it's safe, it's easy to use, it's you know, cost effective. Yeah. I would recommend to any home brewer, you know, if you're not using Star Saying, you should. Yeah, and it's I, just it, easy, and it's just to point out. I mean, I don't know if we've explicitly stated this, but. The easiest way to use star sand is put it in a spray bottle using deionized water, you know, mm-hmm. from the grocery store. And that will last months. Mm-hmm. I mean, it won't turn cloudy. It's still ready to go. And in a squeeze bottle form, you, know, you just spray down your whatever that, you need. And that whole cloudy thing, you know, so I was telling all my guys, I'm like, look, if it's cloudy, uh, I'm not so sure it's, you know, it's still effective. Well, you check the pH on it. The pH was still 2, and it was cloudy. It's like, yeah. okay. All right, I'm I'm a, or it was two something. I'm like, well, it's still it's still active. It's still good. Mm-hmm. You know, go ahead and use it. You, you're correct. Yeah, you're correct. So you know, it's it's really pH is the indicator there. Yeah, yeah not the, the, cloudy. you know, the cloudy. The cloudiness is the uh, minerals in the water, things like that. It yeah. reacting with the anionic portion of the surfactant. So some mm-hmm. of the surfactant's coming out, but 15 percent of the product is surfactant, mm-hmm. and so you know it would have to be pretty thick. Right. In order for all of that to come out of solution, right. okay. um, but it's an ongoing debate that people talk about all the time. Right. And, um, I just feel better when it's clear. Yeah, exactly. I'm just you like know, throw more in. One, you know, and, clear. And, <laughs> the one product that actually never goes cloudy um, is an acid anionic Santa So even mm-hmm. uh, we we actually in the craft brewers for for the right. big guys we sell more uh, Santa Clean than we do Star Sand. I, I use Santa Clean as well because it's uh, it's a wonderful product that uh, pumps through and uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't foam up anywhere near like the Star right. Sand. Right. So it's it's a great product and. You know, a lot of people also say that the foam is a problem, and, and we love it. I tell people, use yeah. less. Use, right. uh, instead of filling up five gallons in mm-hmm. a carboy, why don't you put in one-fifth of an ounce in one gallon and shake it? Right, to yeah. get all foamy. That's right. Just that's what in. I do. Let the foam fill it all up. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's excellent. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, if you've if you got a concern about wet hopping or dry hopping with wet, wet hops, then, uh, yeah, that could, could, could be the, uh, the key there. Close them down. You know, sanitation is is very important, but I think uh, try new things. That's always important. <laughs> That's what we've always said at the Brewing Network. Try new things, but we're talking yeah. about sexual experiences. Yeah. We're usually promoting Adam and Eve when we say try new things. <laughs> I, I don't know. You guys kind of uh, made me uh, take a second look here at John uh, t- and a Brazilian wax. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry for planting that picture in your head. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I'm going to have to go find my wife real fast. <laughs> Get yeah. that picture out, put another one in. That's right. right. Well, thank, thank you very much, Make sure uh, she's not John. thinking the same uh, thing. And uh, thank you, thank you uh, for all that uh, Five Star does. Well, you're uh, welcome, and thank you guys for having me successful. on. Yeah, we'll have to do a, we'll have to do another complete, you know, yeah. clean and sanitizing show. Yeah, these days. I think back on the session too, both on Bruce Strong and on the session, we got it. We're gonna get get you on a couple of shows here, John. Mm-hmm. I'd be happy to anytime you guys want. Great, good stuff. Talk, yeah. talk about anything you want. I know water chemistry is a big fun one. And yeah. Yeah. Are we'll you giving away? Uh, get you on the session and get you all fucked up too. That's you know that would be helpful. good. Yeah, I'd appreciate that. Do you, are you giving away free shit over at the booth today? Uh, lots of free shit. Okay, Most good. of it's gone. Um, there's some shirts left. Cool. Uh, some slap koozies. Uh, my wife is more than happy to slap anyone. <laughs> She's uh, slap anyone in the koozie. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Head on over. You walk over there. Spread your legs and uh, go to the fire. Let, let it happen. Love it. Thanks, John. (laughs) All right, let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll we'll dive into these questions about wet hopping right after this. By popular vote from the Northwest Brewing News, HopTech has been voted the best homebrew shop in Northern California. 
Serving homebrewers for nearly 30 years in Dublin, California, HopTech carries more than 40 different kinds of hops and more than 60 different grains. Malt extract, spices and sugars, hop oils and extracts. Open every day except Wednesday or shop online anytime at HopTech.com or call 1-800-DRY-HOPS, 1-800-379-4677. With in-store classes almost every Saturday, huge selection and a dedicated commitment to their customers, HopTech is one of the longest running and passionate homebrew stores, period. And now, by popular vote, the best homebrew shop in Northern California. And don't forget their 15% military discount. HopTech. Visit today at HopTech.com. When Michael Fairbrother started Moonlighting, he had no idea how quickly his dream was going to grow. Having homebrewed for 15 years, Michael decided to go pro, but not with beer. While attending his homebrew club meetings, he saw ladies knocking their men out of the way to try his mead. Moonlight Meadery is now two years old and can produce 200,000 bottles a year. It's the first New Hampshire winery to ever distribute to California and Australia. In fact, you can find Find Moonlight Meadery Meads in Connecticut, Massachusetts, Maine, Rhode Island, Vermont, and New Hampshire. And they ship direct to 17 states. They produce 56 different varieties of mead and are unlike anything you've ever seen on the market. Michael Fairbrother at Moonlight Meadery is a real success story that can make the BN Army proud. Visit Moonlight Meadery in Londonderry, New Hampshire or online at MoonlightMeadery.com. Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like pub discounts that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more, Zymergy Magazine, and eZymergy. For tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love. And access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join right now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. Like the Lance Armstrong of the beer world. Except for that nut thing. This is Bruce Strong. All right, we're back. Uh, and I promised Blickman I'd tell this story on the air. Okay. Uh, so, uh, anybody very sensitive here, you might want to step away. Because <laughs> sensitive. This, this is quite personal. And uh, fairly graphic, but uh, you know, I, you know, got a little spot on my chest, you know, thinking, uh-huh. uh, you know, could be skin cancer. Who knows? Oh, right. Yeah, time to go to the doctor. Ketchup or something. I got other weird things going on, and then one of the weird things going on, I, I end up with this white oval spot on my penis, oh, on the head of my penis. Here it goes. Like I said, if you're sensitive, step away now. All right. So, I, gotta, I need to step away. I need to step away. So I, so I go into my general practitioner, a lovely woman who, you know, it's, it's a straightforward doctor. 
And she's looking at all this, and, and she takes a look at these things, and she says, well, we should uh, get some photos of this. Mm-hmm. And uh, put them online. Send it, send it over to dermatology. Oh, I'm like okay. So they take a picture of you know my chest. They take a picture of my penis, mm-hmm. and uh, send it over to dermatology. She gets them on the phone, <laughs> and uh, she goes, "Well, the thing on your chest, they want to do a biopsy of that. Uh, the thing on your penis, um, they say it might be from uh, rubbing." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've seen this before in teenagers. And so I'm I'm looking at her. I'm like, well, I understand what you're saying. But I think it's perhaps something else. She goes, no, dermatology is actually pretty certain it's from rubbing. Wow. And I'm like, look, wait, no. I think I would notice if there was that much rubbing going on. <laughs> wow. If I rubbed the color off my dick, <laughs> I would notice. Oh, man. Again, I'm, I'm sorry if this is a little awkward for all of you, but... So did you get a second opinion? <laughs> so, no. So I'm like, you know, let me talk to the dermatologist. So like, okay, we'll, we'll send you the dermatologist. They go to the dermatologist, and they, like, slice a big hunk off my chest, and they're like, oh, we'll send it out. And I'm like, well, and I get this... You know, white spot. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm losing color. I'm, I get the Michael Jackson disease. I'm turning into a white man. I'm no longer a man of color. I'm becoming a white boy. Right. In spots. In the worst place. In the worst place, yeah. yeah I mean, you know. Yeah, where well, everybody Anyways. will notice it. Yeah. Right, nobody wants a white dick. I don't tell you. Come on. Let's face it. You want, you, want, you know. Anyway, so I go in there and I show it to this lady. And... And she looks at it, and she goes, well, I said, uh, you know, she's looking at it, she's, uh, I said, now look. You tell her to touch it? To tell you honestly, <laughs> tell you the truth, <laughs> touch it. Touch it a little bit more. The spot will get bigger, and you can see it a little bit she's better. like, maybe. Jamil, this is how this thing started, no, no, I'm no, telling no, you. Right. No, I said, so, uh, you know, I guess previously dermatology said it was from uh, rubbing. Right. She's like, uh, yeah. And I said, look. If I was masturbating that much, I'd I have to be masturbating like a monkey in a zoo in order to rub the color out of my penis. Right. She's like, yeah. She says, actually, have you had any antibiotics recently? I'm like, uh, yeah, I had pneumonia again. And they give me this course of antibiotics. She goes, well, that's it, actually. Certain antibiotics will cause an oval, this oval-shaped white spot to appear on the head of your penis. Only there. Apparently so. <laughs> I'm like, you're kidding. Wow. She goes, no. She goes, it's not very well known, but that's that's what'll do it. She wow. goes, it's it's temporary. It'll go away after like six months. <laughs> wow. I'm like, really? All right. So, well, I uh, I haven't been on vindication. Any- it wasn't from rubbing. It wasn't from rubbing. <laughs> right. I mean, I would know. I would I would notice that much rubbing. Seriously. Well, I haven't been on any antibiotics lately, but you did just save me a trip to the dermatologist. All right. There you go. Yeah. There you go. I know what's happening. I'm here to help. I'm yeah. here to provide information that is useful to all our listeners. And since most of the user listeners what? are male. J- J- Justin, you know it's rubbing now? Now I know it's rubbing. Now it's rubbing. I'm going to point out that it really takes a great deal to embarrass me. <laughs> and that was it? Yeah. <laughs> you really... And I told you, nothing embarrasses me. Man. So uh, there you awesome. go. Well, I'll, I'll tell you. 
If you, it's something else awesome is uh, one of our, our great sponsors, uh, AdamandEve.com. Mm. We'll fix everything up. Good Absolutely. Guys. All right. So um, we're talking about wet hops, talking about yes. penises. No, we're <laughs> talking about wet hops. And uh, the, so this friend of mine <laughs> who will regret asking me these questions for the rest of his life. Uh, he had a series of questions about how to uh, best use wet hop. Yeah. He'd never done a wet hop year before. He probably wanted his whole family to listen to this show yes. to hear Kids his questions. Gather yeah. round. Dad's getting his questions answered. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right. So one of the questions was, uh, you know, don't use wet hops for too long in the boil, if at all. Oh, really? So you're not using them for bittering additions, then? You're using right, them in right, the boil. Right. Well, because you know, a couple of things. Um, if you're growing wet hops at home, you don't know what the what the, the alpha acid is, right, is and right. it's uncontrollable. If you're using them um, uh, com- commercially provided, where you know you do know what the uh, alpha acid is, the thing is, there's a lot of uh, moisture in there, a lot of uh, you know very green flavors. One of the things about wet hop beers is oh, yeah, that yeah. they tend to have this uh, very uh, grassy vegetal kind of character to them, mm-hmm. which is can be unpleasant if it's excessive. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the things. I was speaking with Jeremy from uh, Head Brewer at Lagunitas Brewing Company. Uh, he was just here doing a show with us. And uh, one of his things was, look, when they pelletize the hops, or when they kiln the hops, uh, let's say you're talking whole leaf hops, it gets kiln to about 130 degrees Fahrenheit. 130 okay. degrees Fahrenheit. If you're worried about that being a problem on hops for hop aroma, then why would you subject them to 212 degrees Fahrenheit in the boil? Ah, good point. It's meaningless to add wet hops to the boil unless Mm. you're looking for a grassy flavor. You should not use them in the boil. You should only use them in dry hopping because you're far exceeding the temperature of kilning. You're losing all those, you know, that character and aroma that you were looking for. Mm -hmm. Those very delicate, uh, you know, uh, oils and such. So, uh, you know, you want to, uh, you know, only use them in dry hopping is what he was saying. Okay. So, Makes do you, sense. Th- does that mean that if I see one of these all wet hop beers advertised that they're either lying or it's probably not a very good beer? Um, not, I doubt they're lying. The other thing is um, I think it's just going to be a lot more grassy. Okay. And, you know, the interesting thing is, so Colin Kaminsky, our good friend at Downtown Joe's, yeah. I took uh, uh, Peter and Barry, my Australian friends, we're doing a road trip up here like we do every year for the conference. And we stopped by Downtown Joe's and talked to Colin, and he had a beer that he had freeze-dried his wet hops. He couldn't use the wet hops that came in. Hmm. Uh, he, he was out of tank space, so he freeze-dried them in a very long, slow process, and then used those. And so he presented that wet hop beer to us. And what was in there was these really delicate, light oils and aromatics of wet hopping, but with zero grassiness. Hmm. And From the freezing process, taking that, breaking that cor- get, I think down? getting all that moisture out uh, or something. Yeah. I don't know what it was, but there was no grassiness, and it had all this light, interesting, really floral, fruity hop character in it. And... Um, it was all Chinook, I think he said. Uh, and so we were tasting this, and he's like, you know, this is the wet hop beer, the you know, freeze-dried wet hop beer. And I'm like, it doesn't seem like a wet hop beer because it doesn't have the grassiness. So if you're right. looking for a very, um, you know, uh, traditional wet hop grassiness, um, 
that's not the way to go. But you know, he I thought it was fascinating. I'd never heard of anybody doing this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is new. And he's you know he's kind of captured the best of both worlds. I'm sure he lost. He must have lost some of the aromatics because. You know, just storing hops over time, I think sure. some of those really yeah. delicate volatiles are, are, are driven off. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, uh, that might be one way to go. Okay, but as a general rule, if we're not going to try to freeze-dry these, we don't want to bitter with, with right. our wet hops. Just okay. the, Unless we're boil. looking for grassy beer. Well, that and they tend to be, you know, commercially they tend to be far more expensive. Okay. You know, they're ridiculously expensive compared to, you know, dried hops. Yeah. yeah. If you're doing it yourself in your backyard, you don't know what the bittering level is. So, again... Beer can you know, be all over the place. Right. The right. best okay. thing is, um, you know, uh, Jeremy was saying the best thing is use all your standard pellet hops. You know, you know keep it clean, keep it, you know, and, and bitter with those and, you know, do those for your boil additions. And then when it comes to dry hopping, that's where you use your wet hops. It's the only time that he would use wet hops. Uh, okay. Okay. I thought that was uh, yeah, great information. Um, so the other thing he says was um, potentially run pre-boil wort over a bed of fresh hops. Okay, yeah. So I guess that's kind of like first wort hopping. Chris Y. Hey, hey, buddy. Chris. Um, uh, you know, I, th- I think in that case, um, you know, I, I don't believe in first word hopping anyway, so right. I'm but not sure that uh, it's going to necessarily do anything for you. Yeah, I would, um, I would think that. I would, I would think that even though you're putting them in first word and we do have some speculation that somehow that uh, retains some of the oils and flavors, um, it seems like a majority of them would be driven off. During the boil. Right. You'd lose... I mean, the difference between... You know, the reason why you're using these wet hops is they haven't been killed. They yeah. haven't been dried. They haven't gone through the process that drives off some of those aromatics. Right. That's why you're using them. So then if you put them in and boil them at 212 with a lot of, you know, gaseous uh, steam vapor coming off, you're carrying all that off so you're going to lose right. it anyways. I would think so. I think the only thing you're getting out of that, is, again, is grassiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the other suggestion was use a... Uh, a clean, uh, restrained, bittering hop to act as a backbone for aroma additions. Yeah, it makes sense. And that's always just like a good, or something. good common sense anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unless you're doing a real delicate beer and you want to use something that has character for the boil to mm-hmm. kind of let that carry through very subtly, um, I, would, I would go that route. What else besides Magnum? I always hear that as the neutral, uh, good, clean, bittering hop, but there's others that could uh, be good for right you now. Galena, Nugget. Um, probably Nugget uh, is is very popular. Okay. Um, Horizon. Um, what, what a lot of people use commercially is Warrior. Warrior, okay. Very clean. Um, now, isn't that in the Columbus Zeus Tomahawk group or not? Yeah, it's, it seems to do a, a real nice uh, clean bittering. Huh. And Jamil, if you wanted, in the second part, you said if you wanted to add a little more character from your bittering, what would be a type of hop you could you could use? It's not as neutral. It's a well, good bittering. Well, you know, any high oil hop. Okay. So, um, uh, you know, things like Simcoe, Summit, Apollo, um, even Columbus, all this stuff. That, you know, uh, in, if you get the right batch where it has a lot of oil to it, it seems mm-hmm. to carry through. Okay. Uh, and it depends on your boil and everything else. 
If anyone has questions, by the way, we're, uh, in the last segment of the show, we've got yep. a microphone right up here. So if you've right. got questions about Step wet hopping up. or Don't anything else, we're happy to take your questions. It's your chance to be on Bruce Strong. That's right. How many times in your life do you have that opportunity? Once I'm a just year. Saying. Yeah, a couple weeks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Once a week. Yeah. yeah anytime you call in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the other thing he said was um, he's heard that uh, the, the one of the things you can do is run your finished boiling wort Back through the mash tun, uh, you, 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 you add a whole bunch of these hops to the mash tun and then um, run your, your work back through it for five to ten minutes. I'm sorry really? if this is a dumb question, but not with the mash still in it, I assume. Right. You okay. take the mash oh, out okay, good. and just use it. So yeah, I just guess fill it up with wet hops. Essentially like a hop, hop back. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see it. You know, a commercial brewery where you got a, a dedicated lauder tun with a false bottom. Right. That would make sense. Right. But yeah, I mean... Yeah, I was thinking like you, Justin, you know, running them on top through the, you know, boiled wort through the mash again. That <laughs> right. would, it seems like a mess. Yeah, like, right. like, a la- lactic acid inoculation. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Right. Oh, that yeah. might be a good idea if you're going for that. But and, uh. and again, with the mash tun, I'd be careful of that because, like you're saying, I think um, you know, you, you run boiling liquid into a vessel that's not quite up to heat. Uh, um, right. It's going to cool down. You, you you could run into troubles there. Um, a dedicated hot back is probably a better choice. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I think um, for home brewers that would be ideal is a hop rocket. Yeah. So Blickman hop rocket, and uh, you know you could go ahead and put your wet hops in there and run them out of there. I think yeah. that would be an excellent choice, or even recirculating it through yeah. there. A, a, I've, a I've been using my hop rocket the last couple of batches, and it really works great. Mm-hmm. It, um, <laughs> no, it doesn't have any white spots on it. But uh, it does have... Uh, Somehow I'll never live that down. I don't know why. Yeah. It seems like a common everyday story to me. Yeah, you'd think it'd be a red spot. Really. I'm gonna, the next uh, Jamil shirt we're going to sh- uh, sell, it's just going to be an oval white spot on the front of the t-shirt. That everyone will know. Yeah, you'd think it'd be a red spot. It's like, come on. You don't rub the color out of it. you know. By, you know. I, didn't, I didn't rub the pigment out. <laughs> right, right. If I did, I would have seen the spot when I was like 16 and not like 50. <laughs> Oh my God! Let's right. see. I'll tell you, the, and I don't want to be offensive here to anybody. <laughs> right? You're just I going believe. To be. I believe I'm going to be, but <laughs> I, I believe women doctors fantastic. Right? You know, uh, uh, any any job in the world, women are quite capable and, and able to do anything the men men can do. Probably better. Probably better, right? Well, and one of the things cool is you have a woman doctor when you got to do like you know the you know they can stick the finger up the ass and change the prostate. <laughs> yeah, fantastic because they tend to have smaller fingers. So I'm just saying, <laughs> skinnier fingers, better doctor. Right. So and you're paying yeah. for it anyway. Right. And, you know, it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and if they're like you know 18 and they wear like a geisha gown and all that, it's, it's even better. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally lost. Where was I? Wet hops. But, right, but, no, I wasn't talking about wet hops. I was talking about my penis. No, so one the of the things, yes. you're trying to get it back on track? Yes, oh, okay. it's lost now. Never mind. I've been drinking hop stupid all day. <laughs> but the thing is, I think a lot of female doctors do not understand male masturbation. I'm just saying, they realize you're not going to rub the color out of your penis. <laughs> If you were a dude, any dude right. understands this. Yeah, you it's stop like, no, eventually. I'm not rubbing the color out of it. Yeah. You know, this is just not going to happen. Yeah. So that would not have been suggested. Other than that, I think fantastic. So I don't want to be, you know, all so you divisive mean, and you if know. If the dermatologist who did the original <laughs> diagnosis was a male, 
He wouldn't yeah, have suggested, wouldn't have, like, suggested that you rub the color out of it. You right. know, it's like, yeah. no. It's not from excessive rubbing. No. <laughs> I think I would have noticed. Understood. So I think Aaron... Uh, yeah, Aaron Glass <laughs> now was here for a little while, and she's like... She's totally disgusted. She's like, oh, Jesus, to me I gotta go. Right. I'm leaving. Uh, but this is kind of fine programming. <laughs> she's, she's back to say, no, it's, it's okay. Fine, this is a fine kind of programming that Blickman supports yeah. right here. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. So we've got more more listeners, or maybe less for Blickman now. Oh, sorry, John. Um, all right. So uh, he also suggests uh, ferment cl- w- with a clean uh, yeast, you know, make it a, a, a pale ale, you know. Okay, yeah. Use a, a standard, uh, you know, clean fermentation. I think so. You, you're trying to highlight a very delicate, very subtle, fruity, floral, spicy kind of yeah, uh, you don't character want to, from those you don't want yeast character overriding that. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and uh, the other thing he heard was it's he's not sure if dry hopping is a good idea with wet hops. Although Jeremy said that he, he would dry hop that, with wet that's hops, That's what right? Jeremy said. He, that's the way he, he, he said that was the only thing he would do. Right. Okay. Well, that's interesting. What's the thought that that they might not be good to, to dry hop with? Is it grassiness again? No, or the sanitation uh, issue. Sanitation issue. And I that's, see. That's why we're talking to John from Five Star um, about uh, you know possibly you know, if you're really worried about that, you soak them in the star sand or something, yep. and then you know. It's but isn't the argument that that dry hopping is okay because your beer is already it's now an environment that's not as prone to infection? It has alcohol in it, right? Yeah, right. it's it's a it's a less hospitable environment for for bacterial contamination. Okay, and again, even if you're wet, even if you're wet hopping versus dry hopping, you're still getting the oils and the and some alpha that's going in, and that is. You know, coating the cell, the bacterial cells, and that's what's providing the antibacterial uh, mechanism. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I would think, you, really, that's independent of whether they've been dried or wet, still wet. That's a good point. Yeah. I think. I mean, maybe it depends on the gravity of the beer, but it, it, so many brewers now are dry hopping. What, like you said, whether it's right. wet hop or not, mm-hmm. that it seems like a fairly safe practice. Yeah. I, I think there's a potential for contamination. If you want zero bacteria, zero wild yeast, I think don't do it. Okay. But I think, you know, in, in the world of, you know, a beer like this, you're going to want to drink it quick. Okay. You're going to want to, you know, the, the, yeah. the great the thing about it anyway. is drinking yeah. it fresh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're not going to worry for a couple of weeks, especially if it's refrigerated. It's not a problem. Right. But, uh, you know, if you're looking at, you know, long-term storage, things like that, uh, forget it. You know, I think that then maybe, you know, there would be an issue. Okay. All right, let's take a short break, and when we come back, your questions live. I'm Bruce. Don't let, don't let me down here. You walk up to this microphone, and you ask a question. All right? Or you're cut off forever. Seriously. Come on. Come on. Back after this. There's an app on the iPhone for just about everything, including beer, apps for finding a pint of beer, Apps that look like you're drinking a pint of beer. And now, there's an app for brewing a pint of beer. Introducing BrewPal, the most all-inclusive beer brewing app for professionals and hobbyists that fits in your pocket and goes wherever you do. Recipe formulation that can be imported and exported with a customizable database. Mash and sparge calculations, yeast pitching rates, carbonation tables, and more. Available right now. For less coin than a pound of grain. See BrewPal in action at BrewPal.info and download it for your iPhone at a special introductory price right now. 
BrewPal. All the brewing software you need, right in your pocket. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of their 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Their new Snaplock stainless steel camlock fittings will make connecting your pump or heat exchanger quick and easy. Or check out their exclusive paintball tank-based draft beer equipment. They even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeasts, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's Super Yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Back to your hosts, Jamil Zanashef and John Palmer. Putting the testicles in technical. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. We're here live at the NHC 2012. And apparently I offended many people. Uh, <laughs> my story. Hey, you know, I just, you know, I'm completely open and honest about everything. Yeah, well, you so. know, it's, it's a... It's a topic that's near and dear to a lot of other people. <laughs> right. You know, I'm just trying to be educational here. Mm-hmm. In case you run de- into a similar problem. In your defense, I think there's some real good seminars going right now, <laughs> going on right now, and it wasn't your penis at all that offended yeah, anybody. It wasn't. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I if I showed it, that might have helped. Yeah, right. it was, it was simply a lack of interest in you. Yeah. Not, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, all right. never so, fear, because I've got questions about wet hopping. Okay. And okay. partly because... Um, you know, it's a it's a style of beer that I struggle with. I've had a couple really great ones, so that uh-huh. it makes me want to have more to, to, to make some. Uh, but I've also had some real bad ones. Mm-hmm. So one question I have is about the ratio of how much uh, hops to use, you know, compared to, to normal hops. Uh, as you mentioned, especially if we grow them ourselves, we don't mm-hmm. have a lot of alpha acid information. So we don't know about the bittering components or even, for that matter, I- a lack of um, reference to the flavor and aroma components that are come out. Mm-hmm. So are there some general rules about am I 
doubling the amount of hops? Am I tripling right. if I'm using wet hops? Well, you, you need to account for the weight of water in those, in those hops when you harvest them. Now, I guess the commercial growers, their ratio is about four and a half to one. So if you were using um, wet commercial hops, uh, you would use 4.5 times as many hops uh, as the weight of, um, you know, of leaf hops same. or pellet hops that you're using, right? So if I'm putting it into my beer smith or something, would I put, say, the same variety as right. if I bought a normal uh, dried hop uh-huh. and then multiply that by four to four and a half? Four and a half. Four and a half. Okay. Now, the, the, the thing is, and, and one of the reasons, uh, I always recommend about seven to one. And the reason I recommend seven to one is that... Um, you know, I think a lot of home brewers will harvest their hops before they are quite dry and spongy. So you, you know, uh, you're yeah, supposed to squeeze the cones and see. They've actually started to dry out on the bind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, Should be so, resilient, you know, papery. Commercially, um, you know, maybe four to five. But homebrew, you know, I, I, I would target around seven. Uh, in order to, um, you know, just, just kind of, it's worked well for me in the past. I think that's kind of a good target to, to shoot for. Okay. And if we're doing that, let's talk dry hopping that way for a second. If we're doing that as a dry hop, um, that's a lot of hops. To, right. I mean, so it seems like something just we... just float as a big load on the top of your beer. Well, and it's, thinking of that, we definitely want to do it in the carboy and not the corny, because I don't know that I'd have room in the corny keg. Right, So right. we got to think about the, even space-wise to get that much in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, one of the big problems with um, using wet hops and stuff like that and whole leaf hops is that um, they... Entrain a lot of uh, oxygen or air, yeah, mm-hmm. which has yeah. you know twenty percent oxygen, and it gets mixed in with the beer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I was going to dry hop with wet hops, I would hope for still a lot of yeast and suspension. I would kind of hit it just at the end of fermentation, so that the yeast may take up some of that oxygen and still be active enough to really quickly take up that oxygen. Keep scrubbing it. Okay. Yeah. Because right. um, you know, you, when you get that in there and you push that in, uh, there's a lot of air in there. Yeah. Okay. I guess a conical that you could cap in a, in a, in a place like this would be a good way to dry hop this way because right. you could still have fermentation going on but save the CO2. Right, right. Well, you and you could, you could go ahead and, uh, you know, put your, your wet hops in a... Um, plastic bucket or something like that and you know flush it with co2 or nitrogen or argon or something like that okay we started using argon um just because it's a noble gas it's inert and it's heavier than uh, oxygen mm-hmm. um and about the same i think it's even more than uh, the weight is even more than uh, carbon dioxide or about the same as carbon dioxide mm-hmm. what carbon dioxide is you do get some oxygen off of there okay yeah it'll so. displace better all right, all right. We're, we're running out of time, but maybe just as a last question, any suggestions through your experience and, and remembering back to your home brewing days, Jamil, that were so long oh, ago, God, like a so week ago. So long ago, um, can't remember. What varieties are, lend themselves well to wet hopping, and and for that matter, that we can grow at home? Uh, you know, uh, any high oil hop, I think, is good. Yeah, and. Really, the high oil hops are really, you know, how you grow them is more dependent than, I think, the variety. Yeah, Especially the longer you leave them on the vine, the, the more they dry out on the vine, the higher the oil content gets. Okay. 
So you can you could use Cascade. Cascade's a real prolific hop for you know growing at home. Grows Cascade's real well. Cat. Right. And yeah. you can leave that on and get a nice, and just keep smelling it. You know, smell for the oils and the aroma. Yeah, I like Centennial as well. Yeah, uh, be good one. you know, uh, Chinook can be pretty decent. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're not going to be able to grow things like uh, Simcoe or Citra or any of that because those are all proprietary sure. uh, strains. Unless but, you're uh, stealing a, a, a oh, root from somewhere, a rhizome from right, somewhere in the middle of right, the night. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the the kind of common and easy to grow also sea hops are also good for wet hopping. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Be, and it's because uh, we can we can look them up. At, we're looking for high oil content, is what you're saying. So we can do mm-hmm. some research and, and just yeah, you're looking for a hop that has a nice aroma profile. So you leave it on the vine a little longer, wait for that aroma to develop, and then put it in. Okay. All right, Jamil, I know you have other things to do, so yes. I just wanted to squeeze a couple questions in there. No, excellent. I, I think uh, I think we did uh, a good job today, John. Yeah, yeah. I think we had a good lot show. of fun. I think we heard some interesting things about white spots, so you <laughs> yeah. know for the future, somebody's right. telling you, you know, how to deal with it. I know uh, I learned. <laughs> yeah. I hope I didn't embarrass anybody. Uh, just <laughs> talking that, about myself. Next time that comes up, I'll know what to do. Right. 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 There you go. Uh, yeah, I, I can live with it. That's fine. All right, so uh, if you get a chance, I'd like you to check out our great sponsors, especially uh, Blickman Engineering. Blickman Engineering is over off in that uh, caddy corner there. Go check him out. Talk to John Blickman. Shake his hand. Tell him a dirty story. I think he would enjoy that. Uh, that's just my opinion, but you know me. I talk about all sorts of horrible things. If you Also, uh, if you're listening uh, online, the reason you get this show online is, you know, Blickman Engineering. Go check them out, BlickmanEngineering.com with two N's. Send them an email telling you appreciate it. Also because of the Brewing Network. Uh, you yep. know, the Brewing Network uh, supports this show, so you want to go and support the Brewing Network. Go to the Brewing Network store. There's a lot of goodies in there. You can sign up for Brew Your Own uh, magazine. Half of that subscription cost goes to the Brewing Network. Really a great deal for Brew Your Own. Really great deal for the Brewing Network. And really great deal for you. Uh, so everybody wins. Check that out. Other store, uh, in the store, there's shirts and hats and books and glasses and all sorts of great things. Yeah. AHA membership. Everybody AHA here is an AHA yeah. member. But if you're at home and you're not, it's a, it's a great way to support and when, us and the organization. And when it comes time to renew your AHA membership, renew it through the Brewing Network. Yeah. BrewingNetwork.com. Go there and, and do that. And, and, a, and a slice of that goes to the Brewing Network. Again, that's the kind of thing that helps pay for this show. So if you enjoy it, uh, just make sure that uh, you, you go and support us in that way. And uh, check out all our sponsors. Make sure that you're uh, you're looking into uh, all the goodies that they might have here at the conference. Check it out. Have a great time. And always, Bruce Strong. Bruce Strong, everybody.